just as a flower gives out its fragrance to whomsoever approaches or uses it, so love from within us radiates towards everybody and manifests as spontaneous service. A quote by Swami Ramdas, an Indian Hindu saint, philosopher, poet, writer, and a spiritual master who was a teacher of Chhatrapati Shivaji. Hello, my name is Malathi and this is my show titled The Impressive Emperors. Here I talk to women leaders to understand what it takes to become a leader, to understand their journey from within, to understand the journey to becoming a female leader with a higher purpose. Our guest for the day is Shraddha Marate, a dietitian by profession, working as a freelancer and also associated with Teen Dayal Research Institute, Delhi. She is a founder member of Foodrig, a web portal related to nutrition and wellness for children and their parents. After having served professionally in hospitals, fitness centers, she is now contributing to the grassroots community and generations to come. According to Shraddha, sticking to one's own roots helps one grow stronger. The emotional bonding with Mother Nature as well as with our own people is very important and she asserts this can happen only through cultural and traditional aspects. She's currently working on documenting these aspects through folklore related to nutrition and water value. She considers herself to be a confident, motivational and positive person who takes life as a challenge and lives happily through the ups and downs. I'm really happy to have her on the show talking to me about her transformational journey from Chinchevad Pune to Delhi. Listen on to know what makes Shraddha the impressive empress. Hello, good afternoon Shraddha. A very warm welcome to our talk show, The Impressive Empress. I hope you're doing fine today under these circumstances and I hope your family is all doing fine. I'm fine. I'm very much doing well. Thank you so much, Malti. Yeah. So, can you please introduce yourself, Shraddha? Yeah, sure. I'm Shraddha uh, Marathe. I'm basically from Pune, Maharashtra and uh, born and brought up in Maharashtrian family. Uh, till my master's degree, I was living in Pune. And after that, we moved out of Pune. It's more than 16 years now. We have been traveling all over the world, you can say, few places in India and other places to abroad. So my education started in Pune and uh, I uh, completed my education uh, till master's degree, which is in dietetics and nutrition. So currently by profession, I'm a dietitian working with NGO and uh, definitely doing my freelance practice also. And uh, schooling was in Marathi medium. Then uh, I moved to college, which was in English medium. And now the proficiency I have, it's Marathi, Hindi and English. Currently, since I'm living in North India, that is in Delhi uh, state. So I come across multilingual people and so I like to talk to people. I like to uh, do the good uh, 
human relationship with people since I'm an outgoing person. Yeah. Very nice, uh, Shraddha. Uh, you said you have moved or you have practically lived across the uh, globe. How yeah. has this? Uh, how has this helped you grow as a person, or how has this experience of living in various countries add to your skill set? Okay, so my first, uh, we moved to Spain. Uh, that we were staying in Madrid. And uh, after this was a move after my uh, Pune's uh, thing. So uh, what happened in European countries, we all know the language they talk is very particular to that uh, country. So I thought like there will be some barrier about the language when we moved to Spain. But frankly speaking, after going there, we realized that like if as a person, we are very open, so the language won't have any barrier in it. And in fact, entire my uh, pregnancy delivery happened there. So that was another experience, which uh, mm -hmm. was really nice uh, to know people there. And uh, we, we were there in Madrid for one year. So of course, my husband was in scientific community. So there he never felt any problem uh, about the language since it was in English. But yes, I'm a person who work for community like the subject nutrition. So I was thinking like the need of that language will be essential. But that was not a problem. And the second country we moved was uh, Germany. Again, it was a different language. And but there of course, I started learning. I did two courses, so two levels. I uh, I was uh, doing it there, and somewhat I was comfortable with the language. And there, I come across one international women's group. So this was a period when my son was just a year old, and uh, we moved to Germany. So my preference was totally for giving my entire time to my child. And that was, we had decided before, whenever we have our child, I will give minimum two years to my child. So I was with him and with this international women group, I came across so many women from different, different countries. And we had a really good, uh, what do you say, good group where all the cultural barriers, traditional barriers, I could come across, come over of it. So this was one experience and similarly in India also, after moving from Pune, we went to Bangalore. So again, there was a different language and uh, being a dietitian, I had to mingle with local people over there. So I tried learning the language, not in written, but at least now I can proudly say that I can understand what people are talking in Canada. So. These are the main points which I feel those are important. Yeah. I mean, language is so very important in European languages, especially if you want to actually settle down and integrate yourself with the local community. So, yeah, learning the language is definitely a plus. And uh, I, I really like your point when you said that you 
you and your husband took a conscious decision that you would take or you would give two years to your child and take a break from your career. Uh, yeah. How how has that helped your son? And how did you accept or did you have problems accepting that break that you had to take? Okay. Uh, right now, my son is uh, 11 year old. And in that past decade, I can definitely tell that giving the time which I uh, spent with him first two years, that doesn't matter like whether it's a mother or father. But I totally agree that one parent should be there with them in that initial period. And if that is mother, being a home science student, I again go to my studies, I correlate it that I studied child development, I studied adolescence. And then now, in application point of view, yes, it is helping a lot. To growing overall uh, personality of my child, I can see the changes in him, becoming confident, becoming uh, smart, then definitely uh, understanding the negatives and positive points of the life, that is helping him. So, and this is, this has come from my mother. So basically my mother also, she always saw to it that like, yeah, she's always there with us. And since my father was working in Tata Motors and he used to be out from home full day and definitely he was into social services also. So many a times he was not with us till late night, but mom was at home to take care of us with our siblings. So this helps a lot. This will give me also in future, I can think about it like, yes, we have given good to our child and definitely that confidence in him, it will help him in future and for us also being a good parent. Beautiful. Now you mentioned that there is no difference whether it is mother or father who stays home, but you also mentioned that being a home science student and uh, uh, moving to psychology a little bit, you find there is a difference when the mother is there with the child, especially during the early years. Could you briefly touch upon that, please? Yeah. Uh, so what happens like growing up, while growing up, the uh, whatever the nature has given, that natural abilities to bring up the child is in women, definitely. But... For men, it can be acquired also. And for that, the willingness is very important. So in that case, being a couple, we both of us were like that. So I'm proud, I can proudly tell that like when my child was born, we were alone in Spain and there was no help, a single help at all. So all nine months, we both groomed ourselves also being a parent. And after birth also, we were like, Yes, my mother and father, they came after five days. But till that time, we are really happy to tell that. Like we uh, we were with our kid from the day one. And this has also helped a lot. So being a mother, yes, it will definitely help giving two years or minimum two years, which I was thinking. Because the initial part, that bonding and that security then self-esteem, all these points for grooming them, the mother is at the center. 
so that is the thing i felt like it was really important to give my in these at least minimum 2 years to my child nice i'm i'm happy that you're sharing this here so does it uh, mean that you had to take a break from your career or were you still practicing uh, because nutrition and dietetics is something that you can also practice uh, online so were you still continuing with your career or did you take a break uh initially when i went to spain actually uh, the the month we went i was pregnant so we got to know and after that i was uh, before going to spain itself i uh, uh, i was searching for phd positions over there since i was a masters in nutrition and thought like might as well i can pursue something over there so in that case i joined one uh, institute also for my research purpose but after that it didn't work you can say or there was no funding or something that kind of thing came up and then i left so after that i didn't continue my studies as such or i was not practicing also so you can say like totally for 3 to 4 years i took total break in my career and how did you manage to come back to speed yeah so after that uh, when we went to germany still i was thinking like if i can pursue something online but with uh, my son it was difficult for me and for the for the studies also it was difficult so i used to just to get uh, in touch with whatever is happening i used to go through all the uh, current researches which were happening in nutrition and dietetics uh, area then i used to read it that's all after coming back to india then i joined my previous company itself as a uh, manager so that's how i came back to my career and it was like okay so i have to groom myself better now because i had to uh, struggle with the younger generation too so that's how i pursued again i went back i studied refreshed my knowledge and uh, came back to this field again nice it's really nice how things have really worked out well for you and with your positive attitude i think you have done really well for yourself now you started as a clinical dietitian and then you moved to sports and then community nutrition now you are working also as a freelance uh, uh, nutrition or a, a subject matter mm-hmm. expert in that mm-hmm. what made you take up these different variations okay uh, during our uh, bsc we just we got brief about this subject but after that over the period of last 15 years the science see nutrition is a science so definitely there are uh, differences are happening and uh, new changes are there which people have to uh, understand it then agree to it and then follow to it so for this purpose i felt that like okay only if i'm sticking to one particular area in nutrition also which not help so first initially i was into uh, clinical background then after that sports sports it is a happening thing in india also 
so there was a better scope i felt and for that to supplementary knowledge i did courses also so i did uh, refreshing courses in sports nutrition where the current practices are emphasis and which i could practice in our my daily life also after that when i moved to community i strongly felt that like since the nutrition subject it itself it is community based so why not i should give back to my own people itself so community nutrition is totally different than what we practice as a sports nutritionist or uh, clinical nutritionist because that is uh, very much uh, concentrated in that particular area like in clinical nutrition it is uh, you can do specialization only in diabetes only in renal in sports you can take up one particular sport and then start counseling and guiding those uh, sport persons but in community it is from the root level in india we have so many people which are malnourished which are undernourished which are overnourished too so i thought that being a, a indian person with so much of different traditional strong traditional background if we have to think and do something for our community will be this community nutrition area and fortunately i got into dindya research institute where they are working with this uh, core groups grassroots level groups and where through my diet or my nutrition knowledge i can do some changes that's how i chose now this and freelance practice yes of course with word to word uh, word of mouth i get my clients and i do counseling for them in various sections for full lifespan so this is the journey hmm yeah i see that you have worked in uh, various fields in your uh, uh, core area itself like you worked with uh, perimona uh, perimenopausal women you have worked with uh, child the you know early uh, ages you have worked with adolescent uh, nutrition hmm. the the spectrum is, is huge now you wanted to create an impact or you wanted to work for the community and therefore uh, you said you have taken up, uh, you studied community nutrition I also see that you have done a very interesting uh, documentation called the Jal and Potion Sanskriti based on the mm-hmm. folklore. Can you please talk about that? Yeah. Uh, so recently uh, what happened when I joined Dindar Research Institute this institute is working with underprivileged people in very remote area and while going there and working for past 4 decades the leaders over there they came to know that we have such a beautiful knowledge of our traditions in a folklore so what happens i can give you one example while uh, in india we have customs and rituals and traditions uh, while like when you are pregnant so pregnancy is such a beautiful age of that person of that woman that gives the the entire responsibility of being a mother also and to the new coming child also so for this we have a tradition of god bharai or uh, in marathi it is called doha jevan so this doha jevan or god bharai this tradition is such a beautiful that 
wherever you go you go to maharashtra you go to andhra whatever the particular uh, food availability is there that kind of food is given to that lady and that is more nutritious and during that the songs are uh, the, they sing the songs which also says that why she should eat that why she should eat this why she should do like this which will give a good uh, uh, bringing up to the child also so this is basically the mind and body and soul goes hand in hand and this emotional bonding is very important with our roots so this kind of things we are documenting and it is such a wonderful thing like there are so many uh, folk stories also with tribes with different communities they are literally give, keeping this and giving it back to their new generations also so this knowledge how we can cooperate uh, with them and then give it ba back to the entire society or the upcoming generation which i feel with uh, very very important so we have ag agricultural uh, universities we have uh, nutritional universities but this bridging is not happening and this bridging i always feel that with the entertainment point of view if we join both this through folklore this will help a lot so another example i can give you i came across one folk story which is from the type tribe so she uh, she says that like that the tribe lady uh, she wanted to feed one pass passer pass by so she he asked like what should what will you give me to eat then she says i will give you 40 years old grain to eat and a four four days old vegetable uh, sorry a day old vegetable so he didn't understand and then she explains it i will give you bamboo rice roti which comes only once in 40 years and these tribe community tribe community they gather this and keep it for the future use and another one day old vegetable which is mushroom so this this is the knowledge which they have it and definitely now we can understand how nutritious that food could be so from this kind of things we are able to understand the modern science also and our nutrition also through tradition so this is the project which we are doing it for nutrition similarly for jala sanskriti also we all know water scarcity is there we need to do we need to work it on on water conservation and everything but definitely if we have that emotional bonding with water bodies then only we can go forward so right now if we are seeing kids they just drink water from the bottle and if we ask them from where the water comes they don't know from where it comes so this is very scary so to understand them if we take them to the ponds if we take them to the uh, the water bodies like wells then there they will understand okay if the water is there inside the well then only we can get it at our home and for that there are different different uh, folklores which people already do it in the uh, state of rajasthan where the water scarcity is so much that people still do the kuwa pujan or on the uh, birth of the child they do jalwa pujan that is also related to 
uh, emotional bonding with the water so these kind of things will definitely help and uh, that's why this documentation we are taking up very interesting um, interesting work and uh, also i would say very pertinent in today's times especially yeah. now that we have a lot of lifestyle uh, issues lifestyle diseases like diabetes cholesterol or blood pressure obesity so many of these things so we have an audience question here uh, who asked how can having this uh, or how can following this jal and potion sanskriti or mm-hmm. having ethnic food help us combat these lifestyle diseases okay i can give one example of my uh, grandmother i remember she used to do four days a week fasting and still she was so fit till the age of 89 and now i can realize that like her lifestyle what we say now we have like fast lifestyle and the lifestyle has changed because of that uh, we get so many disorders also and uh, frankly speaking yes myself also also i don't follow that kind of lifestyle so i'm sure i can i can say that like i won't be so much like i i will not be able to live long how she but what i remember she used to get up at 3 in the morning and she used to go to bed at night uh, at 8 o'clock so that was her lifestyle and during the fasting time also now this intermittent fasting and all this new things are coming up they are so hyped up but i remember that she was doing intermittent fasting only that time and that's how she could survive well and what she was eating she was not eating all this uh, thalis uh, vrat thalis and all which we get right now she was eating roots and tubers she was eating vegetables she was eating nuts she was eating milk and milk products which were definitely nutritious and giving her required energy protein all the micro and macronutrients so that's how the life used to be and now also if we with this current lifestyle if we can do some changes modify our daily needs and uh, dietary uh, guidelines if we follow properly then also we will be able to live proper life so this is the thing why we need this nutritious diet also and what we need see western influence is lot but why we have so much of uh, thing in our own hand in our own ancestors uh, have given all these details to us then why not go back to them and follow it uh, if we go back to our ancestors lifestyle then definitely this will help us in this current situation because already there are so many uh, uh, what do you say the but problems are have arrived like about the food quality also then uh, water quality also air quality also so all this we have to uh, com- combat it and with the our natural lifestyle if we can uh, do this then it will be a help very nice now what was what is your motivation into working with the dindayal research institute or working as a community nutrition um, 
was it always like this when you started uh, your bachelor's and when you finished your bachelor's up to now or did something change in between in your thought process uh, okay so when i finished my graduation or post graduation i joined uh, hospital immediately and i there basically what uh, uh, happened was like my senior dietitian she went on pregnancy uh, holidays so i took over as a department head and there i came across so many people and since hospital job is also a community uh, service you can say so from different different areas people come there you come across so many uh, uh, different patients from different economic status different communities so the, uh, their eating habits also differs and still you have to counsel them to come across with the problems and uh, after that what happened my dad uh, he went with this dindya research institute 2000 uh, sorry in 1998 with nanaji deshmukh and from that itself i uh, i was like okay this this will be also a good scope of uh, my area because uh, the diet which i am thinking of is for each and every person so like how uh, it was always there in my mind after some particular uh, practice uh, doing practice in clinical or sports nutrition or after that i would like to go back to community nutrition and that's how in in my current uh, uh, years also along with my family i'm able to do this because what happens in uh, hospital scenario also i have to work like in shifts or 9 hours job and it will be a typical uh, hospital dietitian job which i was not looking for so right now i can give my time to my family also and of course along with that i can pursue my uh, career simultaneously so this was the thing in between i i'm just uh, working on it and uh, right now i feel that i am satisfactory uh, working in this uh, area itself so i always look for my jobs where i get full satisfaction Hmm. so job job satisfaction is very important for me so your what is your mission actually in life to to first of all to take up a nutrition and dietics and then continue along the same line because we know um, i'm an engineer we all do engineering in india only to take up something totally different later on in lives but hmm. you have chosen nutrition and dietics and you have stuck to it so hmm. what what motivated you to take up this subject the motivation is uh, you can say a science and uh, i definitely didn't wanted to go for engineering or medical or this uh, routine career uh, in my life and uh, so i chose this i wanted to be in a paramedical and from the day one i joined home science i had decided like i will take up this nutrition itself because there was a ayurved background also in my house 
and from childhood also uh, my mother my grandmother other family members what the kind of food they eat everything was uh, uh, impacting me and that's how i chose this as a career also and it's a day to day day to day life so now also i can tell myself also how to uh, take care of myself and then i can tell others also so basically the role model i wanted to become and uh, and again to shape up the uh, uh, surroundings also in a healthy way or in fit way so that is the thing and again my nature is like talking people i'm i'm talkative i like i'm a very much social person so i like to understand people problem also and work on them also with them so it's not a, a, a guidance uh, it's it's not like i'm giving them only the uh, you do this you do that no it it's kind of a guidance also and i learn from them also a lot so this uh, qualities of mine i am totally agree that it was a good uh, decision that i am into this profession Hmm. Um, generally, I have observed that uh, this is a field that is mostly chosen by women. Correct me if I am hmm. wrong. Hmm. Is hmm. that the case even now, or do we have a gender parity in this uh, profession? The percentage have increased, as in I have male dietitians also uh, as an acquaintances. So, uh, in few country, uh, few states, you can say. few universities which are affiliated with normal uh, state universities they have nutrition department where both the gender uh, they can uh, learn and uh, get the graduation certification or uh, degrees and master masters but the percentage is very low and it was or it, it was a, a women uh, gender you can say the influential uh, area but uh, yes because of that there are some uh, hazards also you can say in this career the scope also is uh, limited and uh, similarly in india also being a dietitian uh, this profession has developed i can say past 20 years so when i come i finished my uh, graduation that time there was no scope as now the new aspirants are getting it so the change has happened and gender parity also is not there now mhm interesting uh, do you still have a lot of uh, girls aspiring for this program and what is their motivation to get into this profession uh now also i see that like this profession is taken by girls just to finish the course or they just want the degrees so i strongly feel that like this should not happen this is such a wonderful career and whoever is aspired also they should stick to this i've seen so many uh, girls they do they take this dietetics degree and then change their uh, fields or they don't work also they just get married so before also this was like that like home science like kya karna hai why are you taking the home science because you don't have anything else to do that was the notion when i also joined it but that i i didn't do that and uh, now uh, 
there are there is percentage this also girls are doing masters girls are doing phd also in this so during my uh, bsc and msc phd uh, facilities were not so high in india but now it is there and girls go to abroad also to do uh, ms in nutrition so scenario is totally changed now and there is a lot of scope in this because it's a it's a science of your day to day life what is the biggest or the greatest impact according to you that a dietitian or a nutritionist can make to an individual and to a community okay uh from the birth till your death a death the basically your body mind on and soul if it goes in hand in hand then you will live your life fullest and that comes from the uh, i can say like from the annaprashan ceremony which we do and much before that the lactation also that also helps a lot so basically growing up a new uh, individual from as a mother it will help uh, from the birth of your chi- child and at different stages of life yes with this lifestyle disorders non communicable diseases then growing this are environmental factors then uh, your quality of uh, air water food everything the diseases like cancer all these things are growing so to fight this if we take or if we counsel them at earliest with their proper nutrition or dietary guidelines with natural local uh, food choices you can say this will help and that that is what a dietitian should do so this is very important and the degrees which you, i'm taking like i can say like i am a masters in nutrition so that is also very important now with the short courses also many uh, dietitians they they call uh, the they call themselves dietitian but the knowledge is very less so with the professional career oriented dietitians if you get the uh, advice or guidance for your entire life it will be helpful it's very interesting that uh, how by following a proper nutrition pattern or by following a proper diet one can influence uh, the the or one can take great care on the health of the baby that is due to be born very nice uh, shraddha so in your journey hmm. uh, to to coming to do this research uh, that you are doing at the with the rural and tribal people what are some of the challenges that you are facing as a program director i think you are a program director right associate director. yeah yeah so associate what are some of the challenges sorry yeah associate director yeah so what are some of the challenges that you are facing with your team um, in getting them to uh, join you in your uh, mission okay uh, see basically when we are talking about the traditions and customs and uh, our uh, roots uh, about the nutrition or uh, water uh, culture uh, what is happening people have gone ahead with the modern science you can say 
which is of course it is it is important and the validation for our traditions which we are looking forward so molding people attention and making them understand this uh, subject it is we are facing a problem because many of them they must have uh, heard this somewhere but they have not understood it well and now we have we are coming across that like this was uh, this kind of knowledge which is there that generation is in their 70s and 80s and after that there is a humongous gap so maybe one or two generations have not uh, have not been in touch with these kind of traditions and or probably they do it but they do it just the sake of doing it they don't go into the depth what is the importance what was the importance of that and why it was uh, connected with our daily life also so these these things if we want to revive it then awareness is very important so that awareness creating uh, we are facing a problem and molding their thinking process also we are facing a problem so these after talking to grassroots levels we feel that like whatever the documentation will happen if we put forward in a modern way like uh, taking use of uh, this internet or technology then they will understand it so this will be our uh, motto of doing it in future working through the cultural aspects and uh, the traditional wisdom is is a challenge and uh, i hope you succeed uh, sooner rather than later in convincing your team so that it gets a bigger impetus in towards the bigger mission that you have and many times one point i want to mention what is happening like uh, being a strong uh, career professional person when we reach to them maybe the grassroots level people if we go like okay i am going to teach them something they will not come closer to us but what we have found it out we always go and tell them like what you are following it how you are following it how it is helping in your life so when we ask them they open up so this is also very important so with professionals it is different with grassroots level people it is totally different so with grassroots people when we ask them they will come up, come to us otherwise in professionals it hap- it it happens like no i know everything so i will tell them something no we are just uh, uh, not doing this we are going to them we are asking them to tell us what they are going through so this is this point is also very important i feel Mm. yeah in the end it all comes down to the communication skills and how likable you are but generally likability as a factor is considered negatively for women so your thoughts on that please sorry so likability how much we like a person is mm-hmm. it's, it's negatively correlated for women and mm-hmm. uh, women who were regarded as successful were viewed as unlikable because of their uh, the grit and the resilience that they show 
they are probably seen as uh, mm-hmm. not so likable. Have you faced this kind of dynamic in in your um, in your office or in your workspace or wherever? No, I haven't. Okay. No, because ultimately it depends like how you are talking to a person. That is very important. Hmm. So I feel for me it's not a barrier at all. So I can I can reach to any people uh, with any age and uh, I can talk to them freely. What are the three things that you do to relieve your stress from your daily work on? First and most important thing for me is positivity. So I keep myself positive always and I have faith in myself. So that faith is also important. If I have faith in myself and trust in myself, I can trust others. So with this, I always think that like I'm not stressful. And if I'm stressful also, some hobbies like listening to music or uh, I go for walks. So the exercise is also a good uh, stress buster. Then I watch some series, serials from the net or Netflix or anything. That is also there. So there is nothing much beyond this I do for stress, but as a stress buster. I see to it that like I don't get stressed up, basically. <laughs> That's the best. But yeah, yeah, it all sums up to having a healthy mind and a healthy body. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you so much, uh, Shraddha, for being with us today and sharing your journey through nutrition and dietics. And uh, Thank thanks you so you. much Thank you, for giving me this opportunity. Thank you so much, Radha. Take care. Bye. Yeah, bye. Thank you. Shraddha so truly spreads her love for the land and the emotional bonding through her speeches and publications, helping the generations to realize the value of ethnic foods and traditional wisdom. Thank you, Shraddha, for your valuable contributions. Salutations to such inspirers in our lives. Thank you so much for listening in. I hope you liked this conversation and found it inspiring. If you think this could help transform minds, please share this with like-minded people. You can listen to this podcast, The Impressive Empress, on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Podbeans, Stitcher, and Player FM. Got a question that you want me to ask our next guest? Please do write to me at empress at bhogya.online. E-M-P-R-E-S-S at B-H-O-G-Y-A dot online. Please subscribe and follow the Impressive Empress on Facebook, Instagram or Pinterest. Bye. Until the next time, take care.